0: Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast presented exclusively on the Chop Sports Channel of the Premier Streaming Network. We are recording this on Thursday, March 16th. I am your host, Laurent Cortines. In this episode, Holland is a Viking destroyer of worlds, putting fast six goals past uh, RB Leipzig. The FA Cup is back and I love it. And news from the continent around the UEFA Champions League and Europa League. But first, Arsenal are out of the Europa League, and why that's bad for Manchester City. Okay, we are going to do some house cleaning. Please rate, review, share the show. If you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If it's a podcast, please follow and rate the show. It means everything to us. And let's get to it. We're going to start with Manchester City and their demolition of uh of 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 RB Leipzig. What a performance by Erling Holland. What a thing that happened. What an amazing uh game. I can't believe I saw it. I can't believe Holland ran through and scored five goals in a game. I know I said I was going to talk about Arsenal, but Holland got into my brain and I forgot what I had said, but I'm going back to it. So uh, City against RB Leipzig, they trot out this new Ford defender lineup with Stones and Ake at the back, but Holland was the man of the day. Uh, it was a little bit tight at first in this game, and then the dodgiest VAR penalty you'll ever see. I didn't want it. I didn't like it. It was not something that I enjoyed. But VAR called the referee to give a call. They gave the call. And then City proceeded to completely destroy and annihilate the poor Germans from RB Leipzig. This was not nice. This was in the face and hard in the face. Uh, City wins 8-1 on aggregate over the two legs. And um, Holland just puts himself back into the back into the conversation of the best t- best player in the world. And weirdly, and I know I say this all the time, the narrative on City is we're the greatest, we're the greatest, we're the greatest, we're the greatest. They're destructive. Let me tell you, I watch this team every week. We have not been good. This has not been a good season for City in comparison to previous seasons. But I think that Guardiola is content with a more defensive style, is content with more of a... Uh, controlled style. He's in love with John Stones in the midfield. He's playing two with Rodri. And then when De Bruyne and Gundogan are in the midfield, even De Bruyne, after he got yelled at and slapped on the hand by Pep Guardiola for being not perfect, uh, this team just goes and goes and goes. And the goals flew in. The penalty was on 22. And once that penalty went on, then it was over. Holland on 24, Holland on 45. Ilka Gundogan early in the second half on 49. A really nice goal. Then Holland again on 53 and 57. And then Kevin De Bruyne, who, even though Holland had five goals, was still the best player on the pitch, scored a goal late on 52. And it was never close. The poor RB Leipzig gets annihilated. And this isn't a joke. The expected goals was four and change. That's a big number. You just don't see fours. Just to give you context, when Liverpool scored seven, their expected goals was like two and a half. So just to give you a sense of a real dominating performance and poor RB Leipzig does not get a shot or a sniff or anything. It was bad, 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 bad. Uh, And I'll continue with the rest of our European adventures. Napoli defeated Eintracht Frankfurt. A game not interesting for what happened on the pitch, but off Eintracht Frankfurt, we know from their ultras that they caused trouble and there was trouble in Napoli. Nothing too bad. Um uh, Liverpool does not complete a comeback, does not even try a comeback. They lose 6-2 uh, on aggregate after going to the Bernabeu and only and giving up one goal to Karim Benzema. And we know about Porto Inter. That was KG KG KG. A nil-nil Inter carries that goal. Uh, through the two legs and wins. Very Italian, very Inzaghi, very Inter. Their goal late from Lukaku carries them through. So our teams in the round of 16 and the draw will be later today. Real Madrid, sorry, in the quarterfinal rounds, Real Madrid, Manchester City, Napoli, Benfica, Milan, Bayern Munich, Inter, and Chelsea. Um. It's not a vintage group. Uh, I would say that there's probably going to be an upset. The best team of the season in Europe and of Serie A has been Napoli, but we know relative to leagues, relative to whatever, we know Chelsea's had a day-down season. Inter's not playing great. Inter Milan's had a tough season. Bayern Munich are probably the biggest legacy club with Real Madrid still in the competition, but we know that they have trouble you know, with the Bundesliga being too easy, they haven't played well. They have, they had the toughest opponent or aside from Liverpool and Real Madrid just show their class and put themselves through on this process. So we'll find out tomorrow what the draws are. As a City fan, I want the fucking easiest one. Give me uh, Milan. I think Milan's probably the weakest of the groups here. Uh, they beat a hapless Tottenham. Uh, I don't want to play an English team. I do not want Chelsea. I do not want Bayern. Uh, I do not want Napoli and I definitely don't want to see Real Madrid until someone else beats them. Um, We're going to go on to the other big tournament in Europe and talk about our other friends uh, in the Europa League. Arsenal. Arsenal were heading in to this tie on a 2-2 draw with Sporting Lisbon at home. Uh, They thought they had the Emirates behind them and they would be fine. And it was going well for them. They took an early lead from Granit Xhaka, but then Later in the match, we had a massive goal go in from inside the D on their side. Um, Pedro Gonzalez fired a shot that, when I want to say is perfect, it's more than perfect. It was a casual turnover in midfield, nothing to be too embarrassed about. But then they pick it up and he fires, he notices that that, um, that Ramsdale's off his line, and he fires what can only be a perfect shot. Just dips under the bar, maybe kisses it a little bit. Ramsdale jumps, but to no avail. And from the halfway line, Sporting, get their goal. And they are tied at 1-1. And then they grind it out. They have the the run of play for the middle of the match. Pretty good stuff on their side. But then late in the game, Arsenal did try and push and get their goal. Uh, Even an extra time, they were still pushing. They had nine shots on target. But um to no avail. It goes to penalties. Sporting does not miss any of theirs. And poor Gabriel Martinelli does miss. And he sent and that sends. Um that sends sporting through. And that's terrible news for me. <laughs> because um it now means that Arsenal has no other tournaments they're in. Um Nothing that they were there. Uh, I know Trossard hit the post and Gabriel got close, but really it really wasn't anything, you know, Arsenal should be better than Sporting. They're the best team in England and in the best league in the world. So they've been great. They just didn't have their extra gear. And, you know, it does grind on you all these results and Arsenal can be happy with how they played, but not how they, not the results. So it happens. This is European competition. So Sporting get through, um, Now, Arsenal will just take, they just have the 12 games. No FA Cup, no League Cup, no European competitions, just the games in front of them. They'll be week on week, no games, going after this title as hard as they can while City are still fighting on three fronts. So City will have the League, the FA Cup, which is on Sunday, and they will have uh, the Champions League. So things getting hairier and hairier for, uh, for... City, and the title charge. Uh, We'd be remiss if we didn't say our uh, Manchester United also get through. They win 5-1 on aggregate, taking out Pellegrini's Real Betis. They go away, Rashford with the goal scoring. Nothing here to write home about, just a ho-hum European win. And I'd have to say at this point for the Europa League, United have to be the favorite, even though they've had some tough games. You know, they've had issues here and there. Um, regular crew, we saw Maguire come in and Malasia. We had the checking line in, Wambasaka and Malasia both in. So, Ten Hag doing a good job of rotating the side. Um, this was really not a game that United were ever worried about. They were up 4 um, 1 on aggregate. So, they go through to the next. To the quarterfinals after finishing the round of 16. Any other friends uh would be remiss if I didn't shout out our friends at West Ham who do win in the conference league. That's little uh little consolation for them as they are uh floating in the darkness of the relegation zone uh and 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 of that like. So a little bit nervous there. So that takes us away from our European friends and all those things. And I want to take us to. The FA Cup. Who doesn't love the FA Cup? I certainly love the FA Cup. Uh, And we go back there and we have to go visit uh, where we are in the FA Cup with our friends from Grimsby Town in the middle of the second division taking on Brighton. This is the first team ranked this low to be this far since 1990. This is a big, big deal for Grimsby Town who do play Uh, Brighton at home, they get that home, they get that home draw. So Grimsby Town gives it a shot. We have a wonderful little matchup there. Then we have a classic Northern tie with um, Sheffield United and Blackburn. If this was, you know, 1890, this would be a much better game (laughs) than it is today. Sheffield United slipping a lot in the championship. They were nailed on for the second automatic promotion spot, but they have had Middlesbrough steaming up their tail along with Luton maybe they didn't slip but Middlesbrough really came after them so they have a fight on their hands they do not want to drop into the playoffs ask Brentford how it is when you're leading the whole way and drop into the playoffs it's completely deflating and you can end up going home Um, so these will be games that will interrupt the Premier League match week but I love these matchups Blackburn and Sheffield Grimsby Town and Brighton Grimsby's story may end very quickly Brighton I have a chance to finish in the top six, but the way Deserby plays away at Grimsby, you'd expect Brighton to really lay the smackdown. down. Uh, United play on the Sunday. Uh, they play Fulham at home. Um, Paulinho will be back. This will not be an easy game for United, but you'd expect them at home to play well. Uh, Fulham, we know, and I talked about it earlier, they are punching way above their weight. They are... Uh, a team to fade, honestly, because their underlying numbers do not represent how good their season has been. But they may just be a one-man wrecking crew. Uh, Paulina having a Conte, angolo Conte-like effect of the Leicester and and Conte Chelsea. Is it is it Conte's Chelsea or Mourinho's Chelsea? Conte's Chelsea, yeah, because he had he had the other guy uh, in there. So United come off a win. They play another game uh, in the FA Cup, and you know. They still in three competitions. They're not winning the league. Uh, but uh especially pulling themselves back after the Liverpool defeat, uh, getting to win both games in Europe. And the narrative laden game of Burnley versus Manchester City. Our friend Vincent Company returns to play against Manchester City. I'm very excited about it. Um, for those who don't know, Vincent Company is just one of the most beloved city players. He's our captain. He has his moment. He has his Leicester goal, the Vinnie No goal uh, in 17 in 1819 that sank poor Liverpool and Manny's heart. I want to just rub it in. Um, and he played was injured the whole time he was at City and always showed up. Whenever he was available, he would play and then get hurt again. But I think the key thing for company was. Down the stretch, he always seemed to be there. Even when he'd miss half a season, the last 15 games he'd show up and just take over the team. Such a personality. Uh, He tried to kill Mo Salah more than once and probably should have gotten a red in one of those games, if I remember correctly. But uh, he's taken on Burnley. They lost half their team. They lost all their identity with Dyche. And he's completely changed this team around. Player to watch, Nathan Tella, 24 years old, 17 goals in the championship, which is just an incredible number. Hopefully he can come up and play with, um, he he had been at Southampton the whole time, never really got much burn, a couple games here and there, a little bit last season, didn't do much if you remember him, Nathan Tella, but now he's playing with Burnley and playing amazing, just scoring goals for fun. Uh, our friend Jay Rodriguez is still hanging out there. He's sort of the super sub uh, Ashley Barnes is still hanging around there. Josh Brownhill, lots of little fun, little players. And then Ian Matson, also a nice player who's developing and making lots of good passes. This is a great little team uh, for the city fans. Taylor Harlow-Bellis, one of our defenders has been on loan or, or something either on loan or actually there. This is just a fun Burnley team. I recommend enjoying it. Uh, I recommend watching it. I'm sure Burnley will go all out for this game. There's no need for them to take their foot off the gas. They've got the championship locked up. They have a, um, Burnley have a 13 point lead and a 21 point lead on third place. So they are safe. There's only five games to go in the championship, six games. How many games do they play? I don't even know how many games they play. They play a lot of games. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I can actually figure this out pretty quickly. Uh, but they're way, way gone. 46 games. Uh, they play 46 games and they're, they got nine games to go. The league is on 37. So nine games to go, a 20-point lead. I think Burnley's safe. So they'll try and really take it to City in this game. And if you know... Any history of Burnley, you know about George Boyd. There's been some games and some times when I really hated the fuck out of Burnley. They're real bastards and have been a thorn in City's side. Although it felt like it. Fortress Burnley actually was only one game and then City beat them like a drum for the next four years. But it still felt like shit at the time. (laughs) That's just how football is, right? It's just this weird thing. You just remember the bad games and don't remember uh, the good ones. Um, We had... Some midweek games um, that I should cover. Wednesday, Brighton defeated Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, not scoring goals. Why isn't Patrick Vieira on the, uh, the the naughty step to be fired? Although, to be fair to Crystal Palace, they were really good in the beginning of this game, but they faded as they went through. And of course, the great and powerful Sully March scores a goal in March on the 15th. And he's on the 15th minute. Lots of fun little goofy stuff there. Solly March on March 15th in the 15th minute. March 15, 15. Very, very bizarre. But it was a really good goal with the through ball from Matoma. Caicedo in it again. Those three really make Brighton go. Matoma, Caicedo, March. Just an unbelievable group. Uh, I did... Did want to give a shout out to Danny Welbeck, who I murder constantly, but what a good player he is. He still runs well. He still makes all the good runs, gets into good positions, takes shots, takes them on target, and he misses. That's just very, uh, uh, very uh, Danny Welbeck. And of course, never going to stop talking about Louis Dunk. And then another shout out for Joel Veltman, who just had a war with Louis Zaha and really went at it and they shook hands after the game. Really cool to see two players really fighting it out but Alise and Zaha just early in the game Alise had a chance that he should have scored in the first minute Zaha had a really good chance also Edison Edward so those three goals in the first fi- three three chances in the first 15 minutes for um for Crystal Palace you got to think you got to put one of them away but they can't do it then they can't really muster anything else the emotion of the game as we know this is a big derby the m25 derby uh the history between these clubs is local it's weird i don't understand it people sharing grounds people fighting with each other something happened in the fa cup in the 70s i don't fucking know terry venables and the other coach had a had a had a had a feud and then these things just carry on so palace and brighton always a fun 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 game always really good after the goal really not many more chances and and uh brighton really locked it up pretty balanced in and of itself although I do remember uh, Ohan, Ohamda had a really good shot late in the game that he pulled wide, but a really fun game. I always like to see Brighton, uh, you know, it's my side piece team. De Zerbi got a yellow card for yelling. It was fun, um, but uh, they don't do much. And then Brentford, off the schneid, on the schneid, back to their winning ways, just stomp on poor old uh, Southampton. Even Tony and Wisa. Wisa, of course, only scores goals in the last 10 minutes of the game. Classic Wisa, Tony goal into Tony, off his head. Wisa runs onto it, scores that goal late in the game to then give Tony the assist. Tony on 16 goals for the season. What a player. Kristen just shovels himself in a real fighter, a real, just great player that any team would want to have. It's 16 goals. They're real, they're spectacular he's, you know, he's on 14 expected goals. Yeah. Five of them around penalties. So what somebody's got to take the fucking penalties. So he's red. I love him. Um, and Burnley do get themselves back in the chance to be in the top of the league. What an incredible little moment for Burnley. So those are the midweek games. I believe the league is almost all cut up, but we're going to lose some games this week that are going to be Canceled, canceled, canceled. But let me have a look at what the Premier League schedule looks like so we can get a sense of what is going on with that. So, wow, here we go. Premier League schedule, tomorrow, our friends at Nottingham Forest are at home against Newcastle. This is a big game for Forest and a big game for Newcastle. Forest have been great at home since the World Cup and Newcastle have been poor Just studdling along. Don't want to lose touch of that top four battle, but they don't have a chance. Liverpool-Fulham, canceled. Keep that in mind because Fulham is playing Manchester Manchester United in the FA Cup. Then Brentford play Leicester City early. So they'll have a second game of the week. Leicester City versus Brentford. Brentford at home, but in the daytime. Hmm, not sure. That could be a weird one. Uh, Tottenham play Spurs. I don't know about that one. Southampton against Spurs. Spurs should be fine there. Aston Villa versus Bournemouth. Bournemouth away, not really looking forward to that. Then Wolves versus Leeds, not exactly a great game. The best game of the weekend probably is Everton versus Chelsea. Dyche's Revolution versus Potter's Evolution uh, will be the Saturday late game, and we'll see how they go. West Ham versus City, postponed for the FA Cup. Brighton Man United, postponed for the FA Cup. And then our friends from... Arsenal play Crystal Palace. Palace does visit uh, the Emirates. Uh, We'll see how Arsenal responds after losing their game. Can Crystal Palace get themselves back together? And when are we going to talk about firing Patrick Vieira? The guy hasn't won a game since New Year's Eve. I don't even know what I did on New Year's Eve, let alone what's going to happen with Crystal Palace. They could show up. You never know. Um, I did see that Saliba went off. And Tomiyasu went off, so some changes in Arsenal. Maybe they're getting long in the tooth. Please, Crystal Palace, find a way. <laughs> Please, just beat them, you fucking rap bastards. And then I think we go on the international break. So uh, the last game on Sunday, uh, March nineteenth. Then we won't see our friends in the Premier League until April first, and that will be on April Fool's Day, an early game, Man City versus Liverpool. I'm not ready. Not in the face. Not in the face. That game is at the Etihad, so I'm less concerned than I would be normally. But that is a real, not-in-the-face game. That's going to mean a ton, and we'll have tons of time to go back into that game and check it out. But, so we're getting all the information from the Arsenal game, what the takes are. I'm looking forward to the old um, Arsenal TV gang, what they're up to, how they're feeling, how their souls are crushed. And I'm happy that their souls are crushed because frankly, uh, Liverpool are kind of a pain in the ass and kind of are a little bit weird and kind of don't really give me that much pause or fun or whatever. Um, I should give a little bit more to Erling Holland. I love him. He's my favorite. I can't deal with how fucking amazing he is. I can't deal with how he how once he starts scoring goals he goes nuts and we saw this week two two players and two teams I think the two breakout stars of this season have been um, Carvajala from Napoli Osiman to a lesser extent and Erling Holland so those three so Napoli as the team story and then Holland as the player story Holland has 39 goals in all competitions has already set the record set way back in 19. 19- 38 for Manchester City as most goals in a season just a massive massive player a change and young and angry and wanting it uh lots of fun little anecdotes from uh Pep Guardiola talking about how he never got to meet um <laughs> he never got to meet Julia Roberts. She went to Manchester City, Manchester United when she went to visit and he didn't get to visit her. I guess he has posters on her wall. Lots of fun stuff. I love when Pep Guardiola gets weird. Uh, It's funny. His English isn't good enough. It makes me laugh. It makes things get very, very bizarre. Um, Just trying to look through anything else that I need to look at. Trying to think about some European things. Hmm. But does anything get meant by the fact that we have two Italian teams, two English teams, one German team? Probably not one. At, yeah, I, not not really. I think these are sort of the normal ups and downs of how football changes in a season. Um, not much to write home about that, unfortunately. I don't think there's anything too crazy about there being two English teams, right? City and Chelsea. Two, three Italian teams, Inter Milan and Napoli, one Portuguese, one Spanish, and one German. So we've got a good representation. Um, I think the surprise outfits would be Napoli and Benfica. Seems interesting. And actually, if I think about it, Inter and Milan are probably both um, surprise outfits. We've been seeing a lot of Atletico at these stages, a lot of PSG at these stages, a lot of Liverpool at these stages. So historically, we have been getting Liverpool, Real, City. Uh, Bayern, Chelsea, PSG, sometimes Spurs. But now we've got a little bit of a different thing here. So that's kind of exciting. And I'm looking forward to seeing how who wins the Champions League this season. All right. The Thursday previews are a little bit funky, but let's stay in touch for the FA Cup. we got a lot of competitions going. We've got Arsenal out. And let's say goodbye for this episode. That was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of the CHOP Sports Channel, and we are presented exclusively by the Premier Streaming Network. We record on Mondays and Thursdays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube or wherever you do anything so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple, please rate and review the show because it makes a difference. I love you all equally but different.